Welcome to Christ Church. The following is a homily from our Sunday morning gathering in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Enjoy. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Jesus was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us, and do not bring us to the time of trial. And he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, for a friend of mine has arrived, and I have nothing to set before him. And he answers from within, Do not bother me. The door has already been locked, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, at least because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who searches finds, and for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for a fish, will give it a snake instead of a fish? Or if the child asks for an egg, will give a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? The Gospel of the Lord. Grace to you, Lord. And grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The one who is before all things and in all things. Amen. <clears throat> one of the things that the disciples of Jesus, Jesus noticed about him was that along the way that they were following him, and now we're in the 11th chapter of Luke's gospel, they noticed how important it was for Jesus to pray because every once in a while he would stop and go off by himself and, and pray. And evidently, they didn't know how to pray. And so they asked him, Lord, teach us to pray. I don't know about you, but I've, I've personally had a lifelong struggle trying to discern what prayer really is and also learning how to pray. But I find comfort from St. Paul in his letter to the Romans. In Romans, Paul wrote many times that there are all kinds of things about our life in Christ that we actually know. He said, we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be destroyed. He said, we know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. He said, we know that the whole creation 
has been groaning in labor pains until now. And he said, we know that all things for, work together for good for those who love God. Over and over again in the first chapters of Romans, Paul says, we know, we know, we know. We know all about the human condition. We know about, all about the marvelous grace of God in Jesus Christ. But toward the end of chapter 8, he says, there's one thing that we do not know. We do not know how to pray as we ought. I feel in good company with St. Paul. How about you? Do you or have you ever struggled with prayer? Perhaps like you, I have known many people who have prayed every day for a loved one to be cured of cancer or some other illness or ailment, but no real cure, at least the way we expect, came. I've known of women who were sexually abused by their father, a relative, or a family friend when they were young, sometimes even members of the congregation. And they prayed and prayed that the abuse would stop. It never did. Why? Why weren't those prayers answered? Well, after all, didn't Jesus say, ask and it will be given you? Didn't he also say, for everyone who asks, receives? In today's first lesson, we heard Abraham praying intensely that God would not destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. But after the words of today's first lesson, we find that God did it anyway. <clears throat> Why didn't Abraham's persistence, like that friend in the gospel who kept pounding on the door shamelessly and persistently wanting bread, why weren't those prayers answered? And how do you and I handle it when we don't receive what we pray for? In response to his request by the, to the request by disciples, teach us to pray. One of the one of the very first petitions that Jesus gave them was this one: "Thy kingdom come." And that was an important petition, because in the first century world of Jesus and Paul. The dominant kingdom of the world was the Roman Empire. The people where Jesus carried out his mission and the people where Paul proclaimed the gospel of Jesus Christ, all of them lived under the occupation, oppression, and domination of the Roman Empire. The empire taxed them heavily. Rome tortured and executed by crucifixion those they considered rebel political leaders against the empire. The only people they crucified were those they considered traitors, even Jesus. Life was extremely difficult living under the rule of Rome. But it was into this context that the first words out of Jesus' mouth when he began his ministry was, the kingdom of God is near. And some have translated it this way to make more contemporary sense perhaps the empire of God is closing in on you 
The kingdom of God is about shalom. The kingdom of God is about peace with justice for everyone without exception. That's what Jesus meant when he said, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. The reign of God is about wholeness and well-being for everyone without exception. You and I will know when the kingdom of God has come, when all things are right among us and throughout the world. We will know when the kingdom of God has come, when finally equity and harmony reign in this world, where no one is oppressed, no one is marginalized, or no one is excluded from the basic blessings of God. And that's why we need to keep praying thy kingdom come. Day after day, week after week, year after year, Christians pray thy kingdom come. But so far, we only get glimpses of it once in a while when things seem to be really right. But it's not true everywhere, is it? The world has still not experienced the wholeness and well-being for everyone that God's kingdom promises. All over the world, people continue to be oppressed, marginalized, and excluded from God's blessings. But we keep praying, and we need to keep praying, thy kingdom come. Well, what happens, what happens to you when your prayers are not answered? Sometimes it can create a crisis of faith. When prayers are not answered, some people ask, why did God fail me? Or they may ask, am I failing God? Is that why God didn't answer my prayers? <clears throat> maybe I didn't pray the right way. Maybe I, maybe I didn't have enough faith. Maybe I didn't ask enough people to pray Prayer is difficult to know how to do, but it's also difficult to understand. One of the things that uh, I've come to, to learn in life, in my own struggle with prayer, is prayer is more than just asking for something. An illustration of this is I recall something that uh, Sister Joan Chittister said about Mother Teresa. And if you've heard about Mother Teresa's life, you know that she did many wonderful things, but she also had a, many dark nights of the soul where she struggled with whether God is really with her or not. And so someone asked Mother Teresa once about the significant amount of time that she spent in prayer. She often would spend several hours every day in prayer. And they asked her, what do you say to God when you pray? And Mother Teresa said, I don't say anything. I just listen. And then the person asked, well, what does God say to you? And she said, God doesn't say anything. God just listens. Prayer, in the sense of Mother Teresa, is simply sitting quietly in the presence of God. 
recognizing that no matter what I may be going through in life, God's gracious love is with me and is surrounding me. God doesn't always provide me the answers that I want, but somehow in his presence, I know that God cares and loves. So prayer is just sitting there. We saw that in a few Sundays ago, you know, when two interesting lessons followed each other. One Sunday we had the story of the Good Samaritan, you know, where the, you can summarize that by saying, don't just sit there, do something. And then the very next week we had the story of Mary and Martha, where Martha was busy, 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 and Mary was just sitting at the feet of Jesus. And you could say that's, that text is about don't just do something, sit there. Both action and contemplation are important in our life of faith. So prayer is not only listening, but prayer is also praise and thanksgiving. It is conversation. Sometimes prayer is questioning God or even arguing with God. Uh, prayer is also, can be and needs to be often, a lamentation, like almost a weeping all these forms of prayer are important, and when we don't receive what we ask for in prayer, prayers of lament often arise from our hearts. And there are countless prayers of lament in the Psalms. When God's people are not delivered from their enemies as they've been praying for, when they're not, whether those enemies are personal or for their whole people, they cry out, Oh Lord, why? And if they don't get an answer to why, they say, oh, Lord, how long? On the cross, you may remember Jesus cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The words of that prayer are the first words of the 22nd Psalm. It's a lament. And the words that follow right after those words that Jesus cried from the cross are, why are you so far from helping me from the words of my groaning? Oh, my God, I cry to you by day, but you do not answer, and by night, but find no rest. You and I can cry out our laments and even our anger to God in our prayers. And we need to cry out. We need to cry out to God because of the great gap that exists today between God's reign of peace and justice that we keep praying for and thy kingdom come, that God promises, and the very reality that we often experience. And as we look at the world around us, we see hostilities and conflicts everywhere between and among people. Sometimes it's even in families and congregations, and often we feel it within our very selves. We witness a greed which causes the rich to become richer and poorer to become poorer. And we see how those at the bottom of the economic ladder will suffer the most if climate change continues to wreak havoc around the world. Thy kingdom come is a cry for a different kind of world, a world of wholeness and well-being with peace and justice 
for everyone without exception. To pray thy kingdom come is for us to orient our lives toward God and not to ourselves, to God's will and not our own. And to pray thy kingdom come is to declare our allegiance first of all and most of all to God and to God's reign rather than to the political, economic, or cultural kingdoms of this world. The tagline of the, of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, the, my own affiliation, the tagline is God's work, our hands. God's work, our hands. There are a lot of things I don't understand about prayer. So you might ask me, why do I pray? And I do. I believe, first of all, that God wants us to pray. And I believe, actually, God listens to our prayers because prayer expresses that we have a relationship with God. And God very much wants to have a relationship with us. When I have difficulty praying, I turn to the Psalms. When I can't find the words to say, I read the Psalms. The Psalms contain all the ways that God's people express their relationship to God. We also pray because we need to pray. We very much need the kingdom of God to come among us. And we also pray because, as Rowan Williams, the former Archbishop of Canterbury, wrote, we pray because we need sustenance, mercy, protection, daily bread, forgiveness. We need to be steered away from the tests that we're not strong enough to bear. When we think of prayer, we need to remember what St. Paul said right at the end of Romans 8. The Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought. But that very Spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. And God, who searches the heart, knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. More than anything else, you and I need the Holy Spirit, because the Spirit of God prays for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening. For more, go to ChristChurchTulsa.org. And peace be with you.